For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time! Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's up, Rebels? I hope you're having a great week. Oh, grace. Grace is the word of the day. We've got some good pod for you today, I promise. We're going to talk about grace. Today's podcast is sponsored by Trinova, Amazon.com slash Trinova. Code word Rebel Pod, Rebel P-O-D, for 20% off everything they sell. The dish soap, the all-purpose cleaner, all the car care products. Ooh, man, I love their stuff. And Save the Storks at SaveTheStorks.com. Saving babies. Oh, you know, I was thinking about this podcast today. It's with my friend Andrew Palau, and I'll just be honest. Andrew was a wild child. He was for sure a prodigal son growing up, and I think this podcast, and especially his book, will not just give grace to those parents who have kids that have kind of run away from their faith, but give you a roadmap, give you some tools and some skill sets on how to get them back. Luis Palau is such an amazing evangelist, and I worried about this book. I thought, is it going to make him look absentee or negligent, or is he turning a blind eye? Is he excusing his son? And what I found throughout this book was grace. I found a true relationship with the Lord. It is fantastic. Join in as Andrew Palau talks about his book, The Secret Life of a Fool, on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Andrew, thank you for joining the broadcast today. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, doing evangelism and all the great ministry with Palau Ministries. Thanks for being on Rebel Parenting today. Oh, it's an honor. It's great to serve together, friend. It is. It's so fun. Listen, you know, you wrote this book six years ago, and I was at Family Talk with my dad then, and we got a copy of it, and I'm telling you, it impacted me so heavily. My daughter wasn't even born yet. My son was four, Mm. and... Mm. You know, it's called The Secret Life of a Fool. This is your first book, and man, it's vulnerable. You were, yeah. let's be honest, for a person that's in ministry, like you are, like I am, like our parents are, this is a common fear. What do you do when you're in ministry and your kid's like, nope, I'm not only not in ministry, but I'm going to do anything I want to do whenever I want to do it. And then what do you do as a parent? Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare, right? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> so It's gotta, embarrassing. It's like you're a stereotypical like yeah. preacher, pastor, kid, and it's like, really? What the heck, right? Yeah, I, I, I've been there. I've totally been there. I've done those things myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. when, when you started writing this, there is a temptation or there's uh, sometimes an issue when you're writing about past life and um, you know things we did, glorifying that. Um, Uh or saying, but I was never truly happy when I was out partying with my friends all night long, Uh you know, having, Uh when at the time, sure, people have a lot of fun doing bad things that, you know, I I can't, Uh either side, I think is swinging the pendulum too far, but you've got an 18 and 19 year old now. And, you know, when they were 12 and 13, 
you know, and your daughter was three and you're writing about all the craziness you did and you're thinking they're going to see this someday. What was going through your mind? You know, why did you decide I got to share everything? I'm going to be this vulnerable with the whole world. Yeah. Well, you know, when I began to think about writing it, I just believed that if I couldn't be sincere and, and, uh, tell the truth about what my circumstances were to connect with people who were going through similar things. What would be the point, right? Yeah. My dad used to always talk about thing, something that he saw, which was uh, called sanitizing your testimony, which is, you know, people initially, when they first get saved, they kind of spill their guts and everything comes out. And then people caution, they're like, you don't have to say all that stuff. It's kind of embarrassing. And you're sort of putting other people or whatever. And then they start to say, well, you know, maybe I wasn't so bad. And, 15 years later, they're like, you know, they're like a great gift to God and they're lucky they have him. You know, that kind of stuff can happen, you know? Right. right. And um, I know for me, I just, um, my, where the Lord took me from was so just precious and so radical. His grace in my life was so absolute, having been such an absolute fool, as the title insinuates, that I, I just thought, uh, well, that's why it took me 19 years to write it, because I'm like, who would ever, ever want to hear this garbage? And how do you make it, uh, how do you share it in a way that has the redeeming yeah. message fully, clearly brought forward? I had a mm. lot of things I needed to mature about, and mm. I needed to have a testimony that was strong. So the radical nature of the, my salvation was awesome. But then, it, you know, about 19 years later, uh, I began to realize, you know, the Lord has strengthened me. I'm beginning to become strong and mature. And I think that it's, mm. it's a good time. And I had advisors say, you got to, my brother-in-law is Toby Mack, you know, the musician. Yeah. So we married sisters. And he used to hear me tell stories over family meals in Jamaica when we were all out there. And he would just, every once in a while, say, Andrew, you got to tell those stories in a book. And I'm like, well, Toby... It's ridiculous. Who yeah. would ever want to hear that foolishness? And like you were saying, like, do I really want my kids to hear and see that? And we were talked about it, prayed about it. And I realized, you know, my kids need to know the, the truth and they mm. see it all around them. And it's just glory to God that he can take such a broken, ridiculous thing and, and just make it uh, valuable and, and, and useful in this world. And so you know, once I decided and determined that it could really be a, a valuable tool to encourage people like parents whose kids are off the tracks, that it could be an encouragement mm -hmm. to them. What did Luis and Pat Palau do? Right. And to say, you know, it can be an evangelistic tool. I mean, God gave me an evangelistic heart and spirit and a gift. And from the beginning, I just thought, this is it. This is everything. Like People have got to know this, you know? And so, uh, so, so when I, saw the, the door opening and the timing, I, I just thought, yeah, this is the time to do it. So my kids, I, I don't want to hide anything from it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's totally. awesome. So could you, could we go back a little bit and just tell us, give us a little mm -hmm. glimpse of your story. So just to give some history. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just really, I, I just had my birthday party with mom and dad and my three brothers at my house watching the Super Bowl, <laughs> And, um, it was a, a great time. My dad and mom gave me a card and it was so amazing just to look at them and think of their life and their dedication to me. They were awesome to me and my three brothers all those years. Mm. Um, had a great home life, a real blessing there. Great church. Didn't see a lot of hypocrisy mm. around me. Didn't suffer any tremendous abuses of any kind. I was a very fortunate kid. 
but I just love to party. And it's just, with, you know, the Bible says we're all without excuse, right? Yeah, totally. But all of us, all, all of us, us without excuse, even if you sadly did suffer in those kinds of ways, I, I still, maybe I would say me more than anyone had no excuse. And I just, mm. you know, I, I kind of, I didn't want to hurt my parents' feelings. I, I had a rebellious spirit, but it wasn't the stereotypical, I hate God and I hate religion. You can't shove it down my throat. It was just that that very weaselly kind of, uh, you know, I had a facade, a mask that I wore to say everything's fine um, on the outside, a happy guy. But I really was such a very self-interested, selfish, self-centered mm. punk kid. And, <laughs> and uh, so I would like try not to rock the boat, but outside of the home, um, I was just kind of going wild. And um, I knew how to stay inside the borders to the degree of like not harassing people overly, yeah. you know, yeah. mostly out of self-interest. I didn't want to, I didn't want, I didn't want the confrontation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but once I got out of college, uh, you know, I just heaped into my life, all the drugs and alcohol increasingly and all the relationships and went into the pit, you know, the promised mm-hmm. thing my dad had warned me about just began to reveal itself and all the lies oh. of the enemy creep in. Yeah. You start to say, well, it's too late for me now. And, well, what am I doing? And you just go on and on and on. 27 years later, I'm uh, out of college and living in Boston. And uh, my parents just called me and invited me to one of their festivals, you know, an outreach, a, 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 an evangelistic event in Kingston, Jamaica. And I didn't really want to go, but it was February and it was freezing. Hey, as a matter of fact, <laughs> it's February 7th, February 7th, oh my, my birthday that I went out, that I went out there and, um, and they, um, you know, they just believed for my life and introduced me to some great Christian people whose testimony was very impactful to me. And then at the at the stadium, at the national stadium, I heard the gospel for the thousandth time, you know, but it was God's merciful time for me. And I, I heard it. My life and circumstances were just orchestrated perfectly to to just, you know, his grace to allow me to see my need, repent. And, uh, and just began a radical transformation. It just began in a moment and it's 23 years later and it feels like yesterday. Wow. My goodness. I love, I mean, our mentor calls that the pit, the prophet in training. And, um, I don't know you too well, but I, I guess I see that as one of your giftings. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as, yeah. Funny. You know, like I know we all have battles and everyone has their battles. And one of the battles yeah. is one getting free and then two staying free. So how, how did you mm-hmm. stay free when you first you know, mm. from that adventure. Yeah. Well, God is so good. Like, I just think he looked at me and said, this guy is too feeble. You know, he, <laughs> he did this amazing thing for me. I was living in Boston. I was working for a corporation. And, and months previous, I had put in for a transfer from Boston back to Portland, where we lived. And I was like, you know, I think my run here is finishing. It's yeah. getting kind of crazy. <laughs> and I put in for a transfer. And, and then as that transfer was being enacted, I went to Jamaica, got saved. I had like one week in Boston where I visited some of my friends, my closer friends and said, guys, this sounds crazy, but this is what's happened. And they're like, whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. If that's good for you, whatever, you know, we'll see. And then, uh, and then I ended up on my doorstep in Portland, living at home for, for a little while while I did this transfer. And, and I was totally transformed and uh, just sitting with my dad every night, asking him a thousand questions, you know, yeah. our relationship was transformed. It went from 
loving but distant because of the separation on the spiritual realm to like, I'm transformed and now I want to ask you a thousand questions. And he's asked, and we had a wonderful like month where I was at home. My transfer still hadn't gone through and we just were up all night sometimes just looking at the scripture. He's like, what happened on this night? You know, what happened to you? Such a liar. He never told us the truth. And like, oh, dad, you don't want to know. But we just had a chance to catch up and, um, it was really a, a, a beautiful thing that, so he, the Lord set that up and I think he knew I, I wasn't going to be good on my own and yeah. not everybody gets that chance. You know, some people have to, all right, they just go into it. They have no support totally. in certain cultures, right? They're thrown out of their families. And, 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 and I was like, I felt spiritually coddled, but I was able to be nurtured by my father and some other friends, a guy named Dan Owens, who just went to be with the Lord, another evangelist took me under his wing and really discipled me, helped me to grow. And, uh, I, I had some, a great church here in Portland, Oregon, that, uh, our, my home church, they saw me through all of that garbage, prayed me through it. So I was able to, you know, go to the elders and my, the other pastors and just confess what had happened. And, and, and they rejoiced with me and I Whoa. had to share my testimony and, you know, just law, just the basics. My dad, I mean, he just, sticks to the basics, you know, be, it's a relationship. So be in the word every day. Yeah. And that's what he requires from you. That's what he desires for you is that mm-hmm. you would rest in him, communicate with him, be in a, just read in the word. He speaks to you. You speak to him in prayer. That's what a relationship is all about. Yeah. So stick with that and just don't get too complicated. And <laughs> I think that's the same thing he told me now. He would tell me right now, if I yeah. said, Hey dad, what's my next step for discipleship? He'd say, just, Stay in the word, brother, you know. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy. And that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle. And a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carry me all the way to fruition, and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat. Over 6,000 babies have been saved on stork buses. Please support Save the Storks with your prayers and visit savethestorks.com to become a monthly sponsor. Join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life. For more information, visit SaveTheStorks.com. Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? Oh, man, Andrew, I love that. And I want to point out a couple of things and I want to read something from your book, especially to all the parents out there listening, because it's our fear. You know, we've got younger kids and our fears, they grow up and do something crazy. And at some point, most of them, if not all of them, will. And what you do in that situation, it's interesting you talk about going to the church elders and, and the board and, and the people in the ministry and the organization and how they rejoiced with you. It wasn't, well, let's wait and see. Well, let's put you on a probation. Well, yeah. let's, you know, it wasn't, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, the reminding every day, remember who you were, remember what a bad person. You know, it's mm, not that guilt mm. and that shame and that uh, judgmental mm. side. Mm-hmm. And and here's why these people work with your dad. There's a top down mentality. And I want to read, I did it on Facebook live this morning. I think I'm going to get mm-hmm. through it without bawling my eyes out this time. But 
I want parents to hear this because it's so hard to do, but we've got such good role models in uh, other generations. And your dad wrote this in 1986. How old were you in 86? So I was two years out of high school. And I, can, uh, I was a sophomore in college. All right. So close to 20-ish, right? Yeah. Wow. And at this time, you know, drugs, alcohol, relationships, all the stuff. Mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the context. Far, far from the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Dear Andrew, it was so comforting for me to talk to you over the phone from London to Bangor. This is Maine, right? Yeah. I, I, I was at University of Oregon and okay. took a little time off. To, uh, to, to go work for some friends in England. I think they're just trying to get me out of my pattern, trying okay. anything they could, you know, and I was working out there. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Dear Andrew, it was so comforting for me to talk to you over the phone from London to Bangor. Counting down. I wish we could have been out in London together and talked for hours, but it did not work out. Also, I had wanted to write you. I'm as lazy as you. This is not the kind of letter you dictate to your secretary. It's family. Mom and I are eager to see you this month. We miss you and love you a lot. So do the boys here at home. Andrew, I also wanted to write to you since we didn't get a chance to walk and talk in London. To me, that sounds like foreshadowing. If my dad wrote me that, I'd be waiting for what's next. <laughs> yeah. Sneak attack. It is, but the way he does it, mm, my goodness. Yeah. There's a phrase yeah. that keeps coming back to me every time I pray for you and think about you. And I do that very much, as you can imagine. You are a son I love very much. When I was 21, like you, I took this little phrase for myself as I read the Bible with my buddies. It is, quote, but you, man of God, end quote, from 1 Timothy 6, 11. You were born, Andrew, to be a man of God. That's what God has for you. This is God's purpose for your life. Ever since you were a little boy, I have had that expectation. Either on the phone or by letter, I can't remember now. The day I called Grandma Schofield from Cali, Columbia, she herself said similar words to me. The Lord God loves you with an everlasting love, Andrew. The first step he has taken to bring you to himself is that he willingly went and personally died on a cross for you. On that cross, he became your substitute. He took your place and your punishment and forever removed your guilt. Christ died for you. And then there's, it's, the letter is so great, but he uses scripture and inputs your name into it. And it is so powerful to hear the Lord speaking to you as he does. We just forget. We forget that he wrote the Bible to us personally, individually. And then your dad writes this. If you confess with your lips, Andrew, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, Andrew, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you, Andrew, shall be saved. For it is with your heart, Andrew, that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess, Andrew, and are saved. Mm -hmm. Then he closes verse 13 with this clincher. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh my goodness. You got to tell me, you know, your dad is a letter writer. You've told me this. What was it like? How did you feel reading these letters? What was going through your mind when you read this? Well, you know, that was one of the many spirit led efforts that he made that him and mom and others made on my behalf to share with the gospel with me. And every time that happened, whether it was one-on-one or at an event or through a book or some other material that he sent me or through one of these personalized letters, 
you know, it's just that awkward confrontation with the truth, right? But how beautiful, right? He would just speak those awesome, just words mm. of faith yeah. over my life. So, mm. so sweet, right? Yeah. And uh, I always get worked up when I think of it. I cry all the time. You'll get used I know. To me, but so do I. Yeah, me too. It's worth we it. Do. I mean, think of what the Lord has done. Yeah. And he speaks those words of faith, right? You yep. were created to be a man of God. And it's the truth, right? It's not like totally only a word of faith. That is what we're created for, but will I accept it? And he goes on to bring the gospel. These are the things they did. They prayed for me, and then they lived that life of, so that there was an authenticity and a, a passion in, mm. in the truth as they shared it. And then what they did is they shared it. You know, the power of the gospel, that's what they believed in. They didn't believe in me. Like, I think this kid really is good enough deep down inside. And you know, they trusted the gospel, its power, the truth mm. of it, mm. not even, I mean, this is pretty cleverly put together. I mean, it's, it's very personal yeah. and, and it's, it's in writing and, and, you know, it's in his own hand. If you can see the handwriting, it'll make yeah. you cry double, Ugh. but, uh, you know, but still in the end, he's just going right back to the truth of the gospel simply proclaimed. And, you know, of course I, read that it was awkward every time like oh my gosh why is this happening to me i'm sure i read it and just shoved it on the shelf like can't, can't, i just can't deal with this you know it's compelling i even remember saying at times like i think i believe that that's probably true but mm -hmm. i love my sin too much and i felt like the lies of the enemy kind of were entrapping me mm. and there was just that battle going on right the battle that goes on um but, uh, but i remember all Always that awkwardness and their willingness to, to face that, right? There, it's not like a picnic to, you know, lovingly but confront someone with the truth of the gospel, yeah. knowing that you get rejected or resist, but that willingness to obey and do it and just joyfully share mm. what God's given us, you know, salvation, forgiveness, the you know, power for growth and change and healing and the promise of eternity, you know, all this indwelling spirit and all. It's like, it's so good. I'll put up with potential, you know, some potential rejection for the mm -hmm. sake of that possibility, or at least to plant the seed, right? It's in the Lord's hands. I, I was just so grateful that they never backed down. And he didn't like totally harass me constantly. Sometimes I share my story and dad's like, was I really like that? I'm like, no, not not all the time, but I want people to know that you were faithful when the Lord yeah. wanted to do it. You did it, you know? Awesome. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't a harassing style. It was a very, very loving no. style. And, and that's an interesting Sweet. one. And this is the interesting part about that letter too, is he's not saying it's, it's not a guilt based letter. It's a love based letter. And he didn't need yeah. to remind you of anything that you're doing because all he's doing is pointing towards what Christ did for us. Right. All of us, That's him, right. your mom, yeah, yeah. our producer, Kristen, <laughs> Laura, myself, my dad, James Dobson, he died yeah. for all yeah. of us. And in yeah. remembering his sacrifice mm -hmm. in remembering Amen. his choice and remembering mm -hmm. his dedication and love for us, that's when the Holy Spirit starts entering us and yeah. it allows us to change. It allows us yeah. to say, you know what? As embarrassed as I might be, as as hard as the road will be to walk, if I do change now and then I've got to go before all those people and say, yep, I yeah. was wrong. Yeah. Hmm, it was worth it. Yeah, and, and I think they just took it on, right, uh, to say, you know, the truth of the scripture, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Mm -hmm. Each one has turned to their own way. So that's a sad reality. Yeah. But it also is relief, a relief to say, hey, if he could do it in me, why would I not believe that this same message would transform 
this person or that person, whoever. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You talk about guilt in your book, and I'd love just to tease that out a little bit. Like you, you said a mm -hmm. word, I love guilt. And I don't know mm. if most people would, would say that. Now, how come you would say that? Yeah, you know, that's that's a hard one because, you know, your heart breaks for people when they yeah. feel burdened down, especially with a false sense of guilt if they've been harassed mm. in yeah. some way and, they, right. and the shamed. enemy uses yeah. it against them. But in a proper sense, right, the guilt mm. that we receive, that we feel, you know, we, we feel like we've done wrong because we've done wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and forget about the scale. You know, I'm not as bad as this guy, I'm not as bad as that guy, whatever. But in your heart, you know, you, a proper sense of guilt, it's a gift of God to help us to understand that there is a problem and it's serious. Mm. And the result of it are, are the, you know, uh, disconnection from God, broken relationship with him and with others, the lack of capacity to change and to grow in, in, in long lasting, you know, uh, important ways, spiritual ways. And so that guilt is just that hound of heaven. It just reminds you, it's hounding you like there is something better for you. And yeah. this yeah. is the stuff that has broken it. And you've got to get this thing fixed up and reconciled, you know. And, and so that guilt, a proper spiritual understanding of the reality that something's wrong that's a gift of God that allows you to say, well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And when you finally get to that place of brokenness, say, what am I supposed to do? I can't do it. You know, it, what's the answer? Mm -hmm. And yeah. if someone's mm -hmm. lovingly there to say, here's the answer. Yeah. And so many people just don't know. And we, I mean, I, I, I think of people's like concerned that Christians are shoving their religion down people's throat. And I'd say, I don't think anybody even knows what the gospel is. We haven't been, able to connect somehow with the simple truth shared in a loving way as easily as we might have been able to in the past. And so we got to work double hard to, to really uh, uh, proclaim the gospel, challenge people with its truth, lovingly draw them to receive the Lord. And I'm so glad that people did that in my life and they didn't yeah. back down and they didn't mm. soft sell it, you know? Mm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And the interesting part of this is, when you're talking about guilt, it's not an identity-based guilt. It's an action-based mm -hmm. guilt. It's not, I am a bad yeah. person. Yeah. It's, I'm doing a bad thing. <laughs> and, and that's a big yeah. difference. When you talk to your children, you can't say, you're a yeah. bad kid. Yeah, you're doing right. a bad thing. Your action right now is bad, but we know the yeah. Lord died for you. You're a good kid. You can yeah. do better than that. Yeah. That's different. Andrew, before we go, you've got an 18, 19 year yeah. old, you've got a nine year old little girl. Yeah. Uh, how do you now, as a dad, pray? You look back on your life, yeah. your relationship mm. with your parents, all these things. Mm. As a father, how are you mm. praying for your kids? Yeah, well, I try to pray without ceasing. <laughs> you know, I just, mm -hmm. they're such great kids. They're really awesome. I love them so much. But I just try to, keep the facts before me, you know, uh, the truth, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each one has gone to their own way. So I always just try to keep in mind their own journey, you know, their personal relationship with the Lord, that they have one, the possibility is there for them. They have to engage it themselves. And so I always try to just, um, uh, pray that the Lord would uh, engage them, confront them, mm -hmm. that, that their sins would be like revealed quickly. I know they probably hate that I would pray that, but you know, that they That's would never get away with anything. Yeah. Just don't get away with it. And it's uncanny. Oh my gosh. The poor guys, 
how often they're such good kids, but if they, if they do any simple thing wrong, it's like they get busted for it. It's, it's really kind of crazy. Um, I pray like that and that the Lord would bring faithful people around them outside mm-hmm. of our, so that, that faithful men and women would um, come around to testify and to encourage them and, and to share the gospel a lot, so that it's, it's really evident to them that it's not just mom and dad or this little yeah. group, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that God, people are everywhere and that, that this is the better way. This is uh, life and life in abundance. They would see it lived out in others and say, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going for. And, and um, so I, I just pray like that, really, um, that, that they would, that encounter, respond, and experience the fullness of the Spirit-filled life. Oh, my goodness. There's really no better way to end the broadcast. It is perfect. In fact, I'm going to include that in my newsletter, the things that you're praying, because it's such a great thing all of us as parents can do. My goodness, Andrew, we appreciate you. The ministry you're doing, the evangelistic work you're doing, this book, Mm. the fact that you've chosen to be vulnerable. I love your heart. We're all in tears here, and it's just the greatest when we can be that tender before the Lord, and we appreciate you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great to serve together, Ryan and Laura. Bless you guys as you keep on, and, and, and we'll, we'll just be praying for you nonstop. Thank you, Andrew. We hope Thank to you, see Andrew. you soon. Yeah. Absolutely. God bless. Rebels, thank you so much for listening. Man, I appreciate it. And for anyone out there with a prodigal kid or who was a prodigal, isn't it amazing to see what a little bit of grace can do? Isn't it amazing to see what open arms and a loving parent can do to that son or daughter that's run away. Mm, My goodness. Thanks also to Andrew for being honest and vulnerable and open. Thanks to Luis Palau and his wife for letting Andrew write this book. What an amazing family that is just full of ministry. Also, special thanks to the voice of the martyrs, helping those being persecuted around the world for more than 50 years. Thank you for sponsoring our podcast. Persecution.com is their website. God bless Rebels. We love you. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.